You may be seated. Listen, here's a scripture that has really nothing to do with my message, but here it is. It says, for the Lord, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. The Lord's eyes run to and fro looking for his people throughout the whole earth. That's you. That's you. So you need to pay attention. All right. Sound like I'm a little bit of a box. Do I sound like that to you guys? Unbox me. <laughs> to our streamers, uh, that maybe some of you are sitting out there and at home, share it. Share it. This helps us get the word out to all different sorts of people. Okay, so please share it. Uh, many of you know Jonathan that comes in from L.A. And uh, over the years, he's brought friends with him. Remember Dominic, Nicholas, Jessica? Well, today, this morning, we have their parents right here in the front, Erwan and Donna, all the way from L.A. They can't get over how green it is. This time of year, they can't get over how much space you guys own. So they are stunned. Glory. It's a blessing to have them. All right. Been doing a lot of thinking and uh, Praying and the situation that our nation is in doesn't seem to be getting any better, and maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But here's my question to you for this morning How do you know if you trust the Lord? How do you know? Oh, you can come up and say to me, I do. Okay, yeah, I know. I understand that. I do that too to people. But how do you really know you trust the Lord? Psalms 118.8 says this. It tells us what to do. It says, it is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in man. So my question to you is, how do you really know if you're putting trust in man or God this morning? I mean, man can do some cool things. They've gone to the moon. They've sent things on Mars and planning on going to Mars. Actually, I forgot my iPhone. It was over there. But uh, in that little rectangle thing, I can call my son, hit a certain button, he could see me, I can turn it, and he could say hi to all you people, right? I mean, you could see him, actually see him. He's probably 2,400 miles away, and he could be saying hi to you, New Hope. It's kind of cool what man can do. It is. But when push comes to shove, do you remember what they told us? I remind you over and over and over about this. When the dictator in North Carolina, uh, North, yeah, North Carolina, North Korea, there are probably some there too, was threatening us with a nuclear, what did they tell you to do? What did they tell you to run out to the hardware store and buy? Have you ever seen a nuclear blast? It'll take the skin and flesh right off your face. And man is telling you to go out and buy duct tape and plastic. Who are you confiding into today? Who are you having these intimate talks so that you know who to trust? Are you confiding in God? Or are you confiding in man? Interesting time that we're in. So God says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. We know that the Lord knows absolutely everything. He knows everything about you. But how is God going to let you know whether you are getting it or not? 
Because you just tell them, oh, amen, Lord, I believe everything you say. Amen. Mm -hmm. Exodus 20, 20, look at this scripture. I got to get a drink, I'm already dry. Exodus 20, 20. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you. God has come to prove you that his fear may be before your face that you sin not. God has come. We know the Bible tells us that God is no respecter of persons. We know the Bible tells us that God never changes. So God is telling them in Exodus, I have come to prove you. That word prove means to test. Put the proof or test. Tests are part of God's plan. When I was in school, I loathed tests. I hated, especially those pop quizzes. Absolutely hated them because I failed all the time because I was never prepared for the tests. And the teacher was giving me the test to let me know, you don't know what's going on, buddy. Study. So tests, final tests, midterm tests, tests are to let you know what you don't know about what's going on. And God says, I've come. Get your paper and pencil out to test you. God's doing it. We blame the enemy for everything, but God says, I'm doing this. So listen, what it's saying, actually it's saying, in other words, listen, let me read that again because I went too fast. New Living uh, Translation says this, Don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you, listen, and so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. Your fear of Almighty, which there is no fear of God in our country. There really isn't. So in other words, you're saying, what do you fear more? The circumstances you are facing or Almighty God? And God says, we'll find out. And he gives us a test. Now, isn't it interesting? I found this interesting. And I'm not a numbers guy. This means that and three. I understand all that stuff. But this was kind of cool. That this verse is found in 2020. Does that mean anything to you? Exodus 2020, in this crazy year of 2020, are you being controlled by fear of God's word or God's word? What is it? What are you doing? What's going on? Listen, 1 Samuel 15, 24. Listen to what it does to us. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed or disobeyed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Listen, listen carefully. Could this year 2020 be nothing more than a test from God? For his people. What kind of grade you got? Could this year be nothing more than a test from the Lord? He, God says, I've come to the Israelites and I'm proving you, I am testing you. You don't think God's going to do that to you and I? For God has come to prove you. Everything in here is written, the Bible says, for our admonition and for an example. Everything in here. And so we read that and say, I'll be doggone. God's testing the Israelites. I wonder if he tests us. 
I believe he does. Absolutely, I believe he does. So Deuteronomy tells us this. 8.1 says, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do. That's a test. You can't blow these tests off. When my son has, he has these umpteen degrees, but this one class he was having difficulty with, he couldn't blow it off. They said, without this, you don't get that. So he had to continue to take this class until he proved he knew what they wanted and passed the test. So he got that. I believe 2020 is nothing more than a test for the church to see where you're at, to see what you've got or don't have. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do. That's the test. That you may live, multiply, go in, possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. You must be careful to observe all that God has given you to do and say in this word of God. That's what the word tells us. Absolutely tells us. God called Israel to a complete obedience. God has come to prove the Jews, and he's come to prove the Christians in America. I wonder what grade we're getting. Verse 2 in Deuteronomy 8 says this, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord, not the enemy, which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to, not promote you, not to pat you on the back. We do that enough ourselves. To do what? To humble. To humble thee. And to prove thee. Test. To know that was in thy heart whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. Now God knows whether you're going to keep his commandments because God's all-knowing. So he's doing this to prove to you you don't know whether you're going to keep them. When the pressure's on, when your back's up against the wall, God says, are you going to keep them? He says, we'll find out. Here comes the test. And so here we are. Is it possible this virus is exposing our hearts more than anything else? How have you been responding to this? Has it been controlling your life, running your life? Seriously, I know folks don't like talking about it, but that's what church is about. So God says, I am to prove you. I'm going to test you. God tested Israel. It's not because he didn't know. When you go through a test, you find out what? Your shortcomings. You look at your paper and go, oh, F. Because you missed six out of the ten. You realize, oh my gosh. Either that or you don't care, or you realize, oh my God, I thought I knew. I thought I was trusting God. I thought I had faith in the Word of God. Verse 3, Deuteronomy 8 says, And he humbled thee, suffered thee to hunger. This is what God does. Fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not. That's this word, the word of Almighty God. Neither did thy fathers know, 
that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone. You can't get through this weird 2020 by hamburger and fries alone. You better know the Word of God. To humble thee. God humbled Israel. He brought them to a place where all they could do was depend on Him. Tell me something. How are you going to prevent a virus? A mask? Please! A mask and goggles? Please, please! Seriously, how? I know how. I know how. Wear your mask to the restaurant door. Wear it all the way to the table because viruses die at the table. Isn't that true? Isn't it true? You don't have to have a mask at the table. So they must die there. Oh, who are you going to confide in? That, that man? You're going to confide in science? Man's science over the Word of God? I'm not saying that there isn't a virus. Sure there is. And I might get it. What am I going to do? I'll sneeze and cough and if it's real bad, I might die. Am I going to stop serving God? Am I going to stop doing what God has called me? We can't. What can you do about this virus? Nothing. If anybody could do anything about it, it would have to be President Trump. They must have had him in a bubble. Tests every day, all the tests they give him, medicines we don't even know about they're giving him. And what happened? He got it. Now, you can't stop that. Look at Acts 27, 13. You remember the story where they were in the ship and everything started going crazy? It says that when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing fence, they sailed close by Crete. Remember, the man of God stood up and said, man, this is a bad idea. I'm feeling God's telling me. Man got up, who was captain of the ship for 20 years, says, oh, be quiet, we're going. Who are you going to confide in? But not long. It doesn't take long when you go contrary to the word of God. Look how fast things are snowballing like crazy now. I mean, I really do. I go to my office, I, I take my mouse, I go to click on Fox, and I go, I wonder how bad it is now. Just because I slept one night and got up. Who knows what's going to happen? Because things are snowballing so fast. Because it doesn't take long. Not long after there arose against it a tempest wind called an Oroclodon, which is a nor'easter. that just continues and won't move, beating everything in its path. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up in the wind, they let her drive. Took their hands off the rudder, off the wheel, and said, what are we going to do? That's where you're at. What are you going to do? Running under a certain island, which was called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding, this is all man's things, fearings, lest they should fall into quicksand, strike sail, and so were driven. They're doing all their man stuff. And we being exceedingly tossed with tempests, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our hands and tackling everything that was of value to them. They started throwing out because nothing matters when it comes to your life. 
Now, here you go. Here comes the test. Verse 20. This is where the Lord's taken us. We're in this ship. I didn't want to go there. Every time I get a chance to vote, I vote godly. I don't, I don't vote man's ways. I don't care if he's R, D, independent, whatever. I don't care. I vote godly. But the godly are always losing out. And man says, get in the ship, and we're going down this anti-God river. So here we are. And when there was neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. So here's the test. And what are you going to do? You can't say, I'm not taking it. You can't. You just, you just can't do that. I mean, Acts 27, 23 tells us, here's God's part. It says, For last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. I mean, haven't you read the Word of God at times and felt like God's really speaking to you out of this portion of the Scripture? I mean, it could even catch you off guard and you could go, and you go back and you read it again and you go, oh, I, think, I think I'm getting my, I think I know what to do. And he said, don't be afraid. How many times does God tell us that? Over and over and over, God tells you, don't be afraid. Because when you become afraid, you panic. Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand before Caesar. He was on his way to see Caesar Everything's going down, everything. Shipping everything, God said, no problem. You're going to stand before Caesar. Man is screaming, run for it! Who are you going to believe? I mean, you got, you got that run for it mentality now in our country. They tell us in L.A. they'll spit on you and fight you if you don't have a mask on. Because they're full of so fear. Run for it! Don't be afraid, Paul. You will surely stand before Caesar. What's more? He said, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. That's your test. Because what do you see in here? Are you crazy, God? Here comes another wave. And we're taking more water on. And God is saying, you're going to make it. Man's saying, run for it. Who do you trust? Trust the science. More water than enough, we're going to sink. Or trust God. You know what? God doesn't lie. Do you know what he said? Oh, you're going to sink. See, the American God that we've developed, he'll just come and pick you up on angels' wings. As he's bringing you to shore, he'll blow dry. And sit you right by your favorite dinner. Isn't that true? We're a bunch of sissies. We are. Where are the Corey Ten Boons? Where are? Where is Corey Ten Boon? And I saw this picture on Facebook the other. Where's Anne Frank? Did you see that picture on Facebook? It said Anne Frank broke the law, trying to save the Jews. The people that killed her kept the law. 
All my life, I even would tell my dad, because he fought in World War II and was over there at those death camps. And I'd say, God, Dad, why did the Jews just walk to the, why did they just walk to it? Why didn't they scream or gouge or throw stones, do something? I swear that's us. Twenty-five. So the Lord says, "So take courage. It takes courage, but God will give it to you. He's not. This is not courage you have. God will give you the courage. It comes from God." He says, "So take courage, for I believe God." Do you? Do we? And it will be just as he said. You'll be all right. Not one soul will be lost. We're going under! Verse 26, then God says this, but we will be shipwrecked. God says, oh yeah, this ship will sink. This ship made by mortar and man it's going to sink. It will sink. But not one of you who put trust in God will perish. And then you hear the screaming again in your ear. Run for it! The Lord doesn't magically make everything go away. But what does he tell you? I'll go through it with you. I will be there with you. Trust me. By faith, we'll do it. You stay with me, you might be spitting seawater, but you'll make it. If you don't stay with me, you're going to die. Isaiah 50 verse 10 says this. How about this one? Who is among you that feareth the Lord? I'd like to say me. That obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light. You're called to walk in darkness. That's what our country is. You're called to walk in it, not hide in it. Walk everyday life, from raising your kids, to fixing his bicycle, to standing up for God. Who among you that feareth the Lord obeyeth the voice of his servant that walketh in darkness and hath no light? It's a question mark. In other words, you say, who's going through that? And maybe you're going, man, that's me. That's me. Well, then God says, here's your answer. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Quit waffling. <gasps> Get the boat ready. No, no, we've got to serve God. Back and forth. Back and forth. So how do you know you can walk in darkness when there isn't any light? How do you know that? God's going to say, turn the lights off. Now walk. You understand, this is real Christianity. It really is. This is real life. You have felt and been in those dark places. I know you hate them. So do I. But this is still true. God says, I've come to prove you. To see if the light in your heart will keep you. No. Yes. As you follow 
the Word of God, the light. With all the craziness that's going on in 2020. And God says, get out your paper and pencil, it's a test. Do you understand when chaos, and it really hasn't hit yet, but when chaos hits and people are losing it, they're going to run to the church. That's not this building. That's you. It's you. They're going to run to you. Where's that one that wouldn't shut up about Jesus? Where's that one? They're going to run to you. How about Job? Job says this, When I looked for good, then evil came unto me. And when I waited for light, there came darkness. That's a test from God. Just don't panic. Don't panic. Job also said this, a land of darkness. Listen to what he says. As darkness itself and of the shadow of death without any order and where the light is as darkness. Turn the light on. It's still dark. God says, walk in it. My sheep, what? Know my voice. Uh, No, not that way. Okay, Lord. That's what you're supposed to be doing in this darkness. See, everybody's hope is January 1st, 2021. Like the virus is going to go, oh, that was a good run. It's a new year now. Old lines, whatever that song is. Old Lang, whatever. It's by trials. That's how you know you can walk in darkness without any light. It's by tests. That's how you know. You know, anybody, they're they're clamoring for uh, guys that can work with their hands now because we hardly have anybody. And then they have that on-the-job training. Someone will say, whatever, they're doing, wire this electric board. If he's got it all messed up, he knows he doesn't know. Do it again. Do it again. Until you can do it in the dark. We were in the military. We had to take our rifles apart and that blindfolded. By feel only, you knew, oh, I know what that is. And they're screaming at you. And I think nowadays they don't touch you. I don't think they're allowed to touch you. Are they, Mac? Are they allowed to touch you? Well, they would to us. Who got touched in the military? Oh, yeah. Got a few kicks here and there. A few sticks poked in my belly. But they were training me because they knew the possibility that I could be in war and my life is on the line. Because I was in during Vietnam War. Listen what this word says. John 1.4. It's a simple verse, but sometimes I think we miss it. Talking about the Lord. In Him, capital H should be, in Him is life. In the Lord is life. And the life was the light of man. 
Do you understand? You got him. The word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You got the light in you. Then he becomes your light. Whether it's virus 2020, who knows what 2021 is. You know, through my almost 50 years now of being saved, I would always say, man, Lord, how come we can't be like those Christians over there in Asia or in China, North Korea? Well, this is the path to become like that. When the light goes on, there is no other. So the word is the source of all life and light. God's word. I believe this 2020 virus thing has exposed us as a church. I do. Matthew 3 says this, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Do you understand what that's telling us? By the Lord himself, simply relying in the power of the word of God. God, He could have made Mount Everest turn into bread if he wanted to. Not a thing he couldn't do. But the Lord knew you and I would be tested like that, and I can't turn Mount Everest into bread. So he says, here's what you do. You overcome him by the word. Watch me. And he was a perfect example when he could have just went, poof, you're dust, but he didn't. He took the temptation. He took the loneliness. He took the hunger and overcame the enemy by the power in the word. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Not, not the power of the media. Man, they are just whipping you up like a racehorse. Getting you all sweaty with fear and snapping and snapping and snapping and driving and driving and driving. That's not God. I don't have the ability to turn stones into bread. But I do have the ability to obey the word of God and say, man, it is written. I might feel abandoned, I might, my knees might be shaken, but the Word of God tells me He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Hallelujah. When light is darkness, that's how you know if you're trusting God. It is. And if you aren't, don't get mad. and Just say, Lord, you've got to help me trust you. Job 23.10, New Living says this, He knows where I'm going, and when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. Who on earth wants to go through a test of like gold? A fire that melts all the various dirt and filth off of you, all the impurities. And who wants to go through that? But that's what God wants for his people of God. Because he wants to set you on a hilltop. When it's going nuts out there, they'll see you and run to you. 
But you've got to pass the test first. You know, when we see how some people drive, you wonder, how in the Lord's name did they ever pass the test? It might have been someone they knew, or she was cute, pass. Can't drive a lick. She's absolutely dangerous out there. And you can see how messed up the church is if they don't pass the tests. It's dangerous. They cause more harm to the people than we do good. Than we do. So Job says, he knows where I'm going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure gold. Listen, what he says, verse 11, for I have stayed on God's path. I have followed his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his word more than daily food. Do you know why there's such great, unbelievable brotherhood in the military? Now they have women in, I, I didn't serve then. It's because you knew your brother and you, the same goal, you were fighting for each other's life. Had nothing to do with race, party, where you lived. You got my back, I got your back. That's the passing grade. I have stayed on God's path. I have followed his way and I did not turn aside. Nor'easter after nor'easter. I have not departed from his commands. I have treasured his words more than daily food. That's the passing grade. When fear takes control, there's so much uncertainty comes into your life. You become afraid of your own shadow. You know what Anne Frank had? Corey Tim Boone. How about Schindler? Schindler's List, you all probably saw that. All the Jews, he said. How about Jim Elliott? Remember the missionary in Africa? They just trusted God. Do you understand? Jim Elliott died. So you might be saying, he died. Do you understand God could call us to die for him? Do you understand Christianity is not about you? It's not. It's about him. It is. We have messed up church so bad that we think it's about us. It's about him, his glory. He's the head. You're the body. He's the boss. You're not. So man is saying to those on the sinking ship, get in the lifeboats. Remember? Abandon ship. Get in. Run for it. Now, I've always told you I am not adventurous. I took one cruise, one cruise too many. <laughs> Nothing happened. It was good. It was nice. You know, but I got up there where, you know, the Titanic lady's going like this. And I looked out there and I went, oh, dear Lord, please keep this thing afloat. I mean, you ever look at the ocean at black time at night? 
It's not beautiful. <laughs> I found it terrifying. Put yourself in that, and the ship is sinking, and you're not getting away. And the captain's yelling, put the lifeboats down. And God's word is saying, stand fast. Oh, my gosh. Because that's exactly what God said. The ship's going down. They've been in this storm for at least two weeks, if not longer, three weeks. Seasoned sailors had no clue what to do. There's nothing left on the ship. They threw it all off. They threw it all over, panicking, trying to... Now's the lifeboats. You're looking at your wife. You're looking at the lifeboats. You're looking at the Word of God. Stand fast. Run for it, wife. Run for it. Another wave. Toss to Stand fast. Run for it. Because God said in verse 31, Except you abide in this ship, you cannot be saved. So man's way of hiding, running, not confronting, dodging, whatever it is that you want to call it, that looks appealing to us because when we fear, we run. We run. We just do. We run from marriages, run from raising children, run from responsibilities, run from God. We do it all, all the time. Fear always causes us to run. The Lord says, stand still and see the salvation of your Lord. But Lord, Lord, the water's coming. You'll be all right. Lord, I told you, when you're in the flood, I'll be with you. And what happened? Not one soul was lost. For some unbelievable reason, those people listened. I'm still amazed. We can't get church people to listen. But those heathens, sailors, seasoned, grizzly, went over to the life room. Said, okay. Okay. And then they watched their man, science, way. So I wonder, in 2020, what have we looked like to the lost? Have we looked like we have something to them? when the world is constantly spewing its fear, news getting worse and worse every day, killings, all kind of stuff, missing child, every time you turn on, 14-year-olds missing, 15-year-olds missing, 12-year-olds missing. What have we looked like to them? You who's supposed to have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, what have we looked like to them? Have we looked like we're standing firm on the rock? Remember it says in here, live or die, I'm the Lord's. Strike the furnace up seven times hotter, would they say? 
we're not bowing. I know my God is able, but if he doesn't, he doesn't. I mean, I'm standing here before you today. If you're looking at my casket in three weeks and they tell you I died of the coronavirus, so what? So be it. You think I'm going to get it because I'm on maple or in my house? If you just didn't leave your house, I've gotten sick plenty times in my 71-year life in my house. I'm not going to live by fear. We get a chance. We're going to serve God, live for God, walk through every door that God opens for us because that's what God has called us to do. You're either standing firm on the rock or you're running confiding in man. You really are. I've gone to the doctor. I have. I think I've told you. Had some red blotch here, some red blotch here, some red blotch here. Wouldn't go away. Felt hot. Ruth saying, you better go. You better go. So I finally went, showed him. He went, well, I don't know what it is. He did. This is what he said. Uh, you know what? It's probably some virus. <laughs> what? I just went, uh. He said, yeah, it'll probably go away and never come back. That's what he told me. And then he stopped all his, um, what are they called again? Right under him. They're not doctors quite. Practitioners or whatever they're called. Hey, come in here. Angela, come in, whatever. Look at this. They're looking at me. What do you think it is? She's going, I don't know. I'm trying just to make a point. I, I know they do good. I, I know if I break my arm, I'll go there and they'll set it. I understand that. They, I'm, this has nothing to do with anti-medicine, anti-God, anti-virus, anti-nothing. It has to do with standing upon the Word of God. We cannot panic. We need Corey Ten Boons. You understand? Stripped totally naked. She had the one Bible, little thing, and she would tie it and be around her neck. There was nowhere it could, couldn't hide. It couldn't hide. Stripped naked and have to go through those guards and they never saw it. And Frank, how many did she save? I understand she died. Oh, she just left this earth. Jim Elliot. Schindler's List. How about the Bible? It says, hazard your lives for the cause of Christ. How did we do in the face of a virus? Is this the only virus they have no clue where it is, where it came from, or cure? Is this the only one you ever heard like that? It's not. They don't even know where the cold comes from. They don't. Do you understand? You and I are going to be called way worse than this. What happens when the final exam comes? Where are we going to be? We're going to be back in the house of God getting refueled because we were battling so hard out there. We need to be refueled. Or are we going to be missing in action? This is my fear. I'm not 
told you before, I literally thought that I would be gone before this type of age came. But we're in it. We're in it now. They are suppressing the news. So you're no longer going to come to a point where you have no clue what's going on. You're not going to have any clue. We've had some of you thrown off Facebook just because you've mentioned the Lord or something godly or in jail. They're bringing them before the courts, the, the whatever, the Congress in a couple of weeks or whatever. They're not going to do anything to them. They play them dumb games. They're going to take the truth away from you. All you got to do is go back and see what happened in the, the, the days of World War II. They suppressed the truth. Then they started suppressing religion. You're still not having church indoors in California unless you're out and out defiant to the law in the United States of America. Let's stand. You cannot panic because of a virus. Now listen to this as Rod comes in his band. Listen, let's just say this virus is it. Bruce used to be here, but he died of it. Half of us are gone because of the virus. I've done more funerals than I can't even stand. So what do you think we should do? Stop coming to church? Stop preaching the word of God? Or do you think it's even more important for the church to be open and the doors to be open? Do you think it's more important for you to be kneeling over somebody that be dying and you taking the risk of getting this unbelievable, contagious, killing virus and you're trying to tell them about the Lord? Or should you save yourself? I don't know if it's going to come to that. We got kind of a little bit of a taste of it with this virus and how we've reacted. I've grabbed my son. I pulled him aside. I said, Jason, just check out the folks. Check them out. Bible does tell us, Mark. Watch what happens. Watch your responses. Because there's going to come a time if I'm relying on Jason Revenal and I'm being overcome, can't load fast enough, he better be there for me. Where he comes alongside me. Don't worry, I got you. And we start again, fighting back the enemy. This is it. This is, this is the, I hate to say, breeding ground or the boot camp for the Corey Ten Boots. This is it. This is the ones that have the call of God so strong in them that I can't stand to see this anymore. I got to do something about it. The Anne Franks, I'm not, I'm not sitting by watching them killed one after another after another. I'm not doing it. If it causes my life, it causes my life. Elliot in Africa. They need Christ. Those that he's ministering to are those that killed him. I stumbled across an old song. Maybe it just means something just for me today. It's called Draw Me Close to You. Remember that song? Draw Me Close to You. Almost 50 years of serving God, up and downs, the so many 
things that have gone on, funerals, heartaches, to weddings, to high tops, to low. I'm singing that song in my office all week, and I'm thinking, you know what, Lord? I knew nothing back then, and I really know nothing now. All I ever wanted to do was just be close to you, Lord. So I'm rebooting, going right back to that first step and say, just draw me near to you. Draw me close to you. So that's the song they're going to sing. And it takes away. You know what it does? It takes away over the, all the stress and the pressure. Is this right? Is that wrong? Is this all the overload? And you just stand before God and say, draw me close to you. That's our altar call. Maybe it doesn't strike a note with you, but it did with me. So as they sing, come to the altar call and let God just refresh you. Just wash over you. Take the fear away, the anxiety away. Just concentrate on being close to God.